Blog Talk Radio. So if that's the way 
which led to appearances on the Porter Wagner syndicated show. The following year, she moved to Nashville, where she auditioned for several labels before producer Billy Sherrill signed her to Epic Records. Apartment Number 9, when its first single was released in late 1996 and almost broke the country top 40 early in 1967, it was followed by Your Your Good Girl's Gonna Go Bad, which became a big hit, peaking at number 3. The song launched a string of top 10 hits that ran until the end of the 70s, interrupted by three singles that didn't crack the top 10. After Your Good Girl's Gonna Be Bad was a success, My Elusive Dreams became her first number one in the summer of 1967, followed by I Don't Want to Play House later that year. After scoring her first number one record, My Elusive Dreams, a duet with David Houston, Wynette returned to the top with a song that would bring her career to the next level. I Don't Want to Play House, penned by the men who wrote You're a Good Girl's Gonna Go Bad, stayed at the top for three weeks, excuse me, earned a Grammy Award for Best Female Vocalist Performance, and helped Wynette build a legend of female fans who were happy she was singing and telling their stories in song. Let's hear this song. I don't want to play out. Today, I sat alone at the window And I watched our little girl outside at play With the little boy next door Like so many times before But something didn't seem quite right today So I went outside to see what they were doing Daddy 
She sings, yeah. yeah. Well, during 1968-69, Winnet had a five, a five number one hits, Take Me to Your World, Divorce, which is D-I-V-O-R-C-E, that's the spelling in the song, Stand By Your Man, we'll hear that later, all in 1968, Singing My Song, and... The Ways to Love a Man, both in 1969. In 1968, she started a relationship with George Jones, which proved to be extremely stormy. Beginning in 1971, Winnet and Jones recorded a series of duets. The first was the top ten called Take Me, which was as popular as their solo hits, However, the marriage was difficult, and the couple divorced in 1975. They continued to record sporadically over the next two decades. Throughout the 70s, when it racked up number one hits, one after the other. Golden Ring was an interesting story about the day in the life of a wedding ring. This George Jones and Tammy Wynette duet was actually recorded after they divorced, and it's full of unique connections. The song was written by Bobby Baddock, who who penned Jones' He Stopped Loving Her Today. That was the song. The single featured her feature husband, George Ritchie, on piano, as well as background vocals by the Gatling brothers, including Rudy Gatlin, who briefly dated Wynette. George and Tammy would reunite one last time in 1995 for the song called One. Let's listen. In a pawn shop in Chicago on a sunny summer day, a couple gazes at the wedding rings there. She smiles and nods her head As he says, honey, that's for you It's not much, but it's the best that I can do Golden ring With one tiny Happy thoughts run through her head As he whispers low with his ring I'll be there Golden rain 
says one thing's for certain, I don't love you anymore, and throws down the ring as she walks out the door. On a sunny summer day, a couple gazes at the wedding rings there on display. That's all about. (laughs) Tammy Wynette was known for singing sad songs about complicated relationships. In the 1968 song, Divorced, spelled D-I-V-O-R-C-E, made a hit out of a silly everyday thing that many parents actually do, which is spell out uncomfortable words in front of their children. I do remember that around Christmas and birthdays. The song struck a chord with families everywhere and stayed at number one for three weeks. It was planned by it was penned by legendary songwriters Bobby Baddock and Curly Putnam. This catchy little sing along is a must to have on our top ten list of Tammy Wynette songs. Mr Producer, let's get divorced. Our little boy is four years old And quite a little man So we spell out the words we don't Want him to understand like T O Y or maybe S U R P R I S E. But the words we're hiding from him now tear the heart right out of me. Our D I V O R C E becomes. Pure A-G-G 
Don and Dorothy, we're going to turn the pages of Eastern history back to when it was Eastern Air Transport again. And as you know, I certainly love researching Eastern history by turning to the early days when it was Pitcairn. And then after it was sold, its name was changed to Eastern Air Transport. Now, I was going to uh, give you uh, a Q&A article that I found in one of the issues, but instead I found one that I would rather present today, and it was in a 1934 issue of the Eastern Air Transport newsletter called Newswing, and uh, it's featured there. So it's by Thomas B. Doe, the CEO and president of Eastern Air Transport, and it deals with Losing the airmail contract. And this is how it reads. In the March 1934 issue of Eastern Air Transport's newsletter, Newswings, Captain Doe, Captain Thomas B. Doe, the president of Eastern Air Transport, uh, wrote the following article upon the cancellation of the airmail contracts. And the article is addressed to the employees of Eastern Air Transport. 
He says, The cancellation of our airmail contract will demonstrate the loyalty and morale of every employee of our company. I have said we have an organization that can meet any emergency. There is no doubt in my mind that you will rise to all demands of our situation at this time. We expect to proceed with our business, present passenger schedules, will present passenger schedules will continue. Please exert your best efforts to increase our passenger and express business and to render therein our usual courtesy to the public. We wish to extend entire cooperation to the post office department and the Army in connection with the mail service. All our facilities will be made available to this end. Let us stand ready to assist fully and gladly. I shall count on you to continue your work cheerfully, earnestly, and with confident faith in your company, your job, and the future of our industry. Eastern Air Transport received its airmail contract under open bidding during the Coolidge administration. No charges have been made against this company, and so far as known, no charges are contemplated. No official of this company has been called before the Senate Investigating Committee. I think I have a right to assume that I will be given a chance to answer specific charges, if there are any before any final cancellation takes place. Now, the following is a copy of a telegram and today uh, that I sent to General Douglas MacArthur, Chief of Staff of the U.S. Army. It reads, In view of the short time to elapse before this uh, Army takes over the flying of the mail over our lines, I wish to offer you every assistance possible in order to prevent disruption of service and to reduce to a minimum the dangers involved in putting the best of pilots on a new run in bad weather without proper facilities. If the six years experience and the millions of miles we have flown does not prove to be of great assistance to the Army, I shall be very much disappointed. And the following is a copy of a telegram uh, sent today to Honorable Harley Branch, Second Assistant Postmaster General, Washington, D.C. It reads, At your convenience, I should like to meet with the officer of the Army and the post office representative charged with taking over the flying of mail over the Eastern Air Territory in order to work out the details of the transfer and in order that our facilities may be used to the greatest advantage. The following is a statement made by Thomas B. Dome, the president of Eastern Air Transport, at the start of the air mail investigation. It reads, From Eastern Air Transport Incorporated, Shoreham Building, Washington, D.C., for release Monday in the morning newspaper. The Senate committee investigating the airmail services, if it goes far enough, should bring to light hitherto unpublished facts showing that certain foreign government 
and some of the surface transportation interest want the present hearings to result in suppression of our commercial air transportation system because of rivalry. Under the Waters Act, the air transport industry of this country has far surpassed the rest of the world in every phase of developing a well-equipped service. This has been accomplished at minimum cost to the government. The industry is growing so fast that it naturally gives concern to other forms of transportation and to other military powers. I have hoped that this investigation would be complete enough to thoroughly clarify the situation. These companies holding mail contracts have done a wonderful job, and everybody in the United States has a right to be proud of them. There are some 6,000 persons employed in the air transport industry, and if they are entitled to a clean bill of health, they should have it from this investigation. I am confident that a thorough hearing, a complete airing of all the facts, will show that we have a right to be proud of our job. I make no apologies for our mistakes. To even hope that much a young and new kind of industry can be developed without making various mistakes would be to expect the humanly impossible. I sincerely hope that the Senate committee gets sufficient funds and sufficient authority to complete this investigation and learn officially how the money has been spent and what has been accomplished. I am confident that the findings would show we have gone far ahead of the rest of the world in our industry and have done it at minimum expense to the government. One fact to be brought out is that the 11 contract mail lines are flying about 151,000 miles every 24 hours, carrying mail, passengers, and express. And about 60,000 miles of this flying is done at night, an accomplishment unequaled anywhere in the world. It also would also be found that this flying is more than that accomplished by the rest of the world combined. Thus, we are doing a better job than any other foreign service, and we are doing it with less, less government aid. You know something, Neil? Um, that would be something I think you should perhaps read uh, on some Monday night in the future. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me, too. I mean, I wonder how many people remember those words. And I could, I could yeah. experience that uh, in the early 70s, I was a cargo sales rep in Miami, and we realized at Eastern a lot of money in mail. Yeah. I mean, it was tremendous. Uh, uh, we was it was well over a three-digit figure each month. I'm well, sure Don, that's big bucks. Yeah, you might remember also the history of airmail after uh, they uh, they uh, 
they cancel all the airmail contracts with all airlines, not just Eastern Air Transport. And Thomas Doe was speaking on behalf of the industry itself, not just Eastern Airlines, yeah. as you heard. But uh, as a result of the Army taking over, you might recall that many, many Army pilots lost their lives because of flying at night in bad weather, not knowing how to do it and conduct those flights. That was going to be my question, is uh, flying at night back then wasn't as easy as it is now. Obviously, they didn't have the navigational aids to do that. So just knowing how to do that with those pilots that did was an incredible feat to begin with. Yeah, it was, Dorothy. Yeah, it was uh, good. I always find some good articles uh, in the issues. I think I've got about seven years of uh, the news wing, and I always go back to it because there's so many interesting articles, so many interesting people back in those days in the 20s, 30s that were flying with Eastern Air Transport and Pitcairn before, and um, it spells out these people, uh, their names and so forth. People like, uh, of course, Eleanor Roosevelt loved to fly Eastern Air she Transport sure and the Condors. Uh, even Jack Dempsey was a frequent flyer uh, with uh, Eastern Air Transport. So it's a lot of fun reading back in those days, and that's why I always turn the pages of Eastern history back to uh, those early days uh, after Pitcairn and uh, Eastern oh. Air Transport. Lots of history. Not only that, Neil, uh, there are a lot of people with Eastern that came after those papers had stopped that perhaps yeah. don't even know some of the articles that were written back then that are very powerful uh, articles. That's right, yeah. And uh, they sure are the history of Eastern Airlines that a lot of people aren't aware of, and that should be brought out more often as well. Well, you know, Dorothy, it's kind of hard when you – when you try to read those articles that were written in proper English uh, and, uh, and, you know, as opposed to today's uh, uh, language or whatever you want to call it. Right. Right. Uh, And, and, and I always enjoy trying to do it. Although sometimes I, I get uh, uh, tongue tied on some words and sentences, but at any rate, uh, it's fun to read and listen and hear I think uh, this bit of Eastern history. So that's well, it is because the Eastern files today. Yeah, you, right. And you know, it's not been published anywhere. That's the big thing about that's the whole right. thing. That's right. Yeah, is that none of this has been published other than those papers of way back when. And that's right. I don't even know if libraries now have any copies of the Newswings that you no. have, which make that very, very valuable. Maybe Auburn University because they've got quite an archive of uh, well, Eastern. Well, that could be. Yeah. If not, it might be something to think about <laughs> donating at some point so they do have this sort of information yeah. that's and, not and, around anywhere. And by the way, I want you to know, uh, maybe I'll take a picture of it and maybe we can put it on the um, website, Dorothy, yeah. but the cover, it's, it's beautifully bound uh, of these years of those news wings and wow. on the front in gold lettering, uh, it, uh, it says, let's see what it says. I've got it right here. 
but I'm so proud to have it. It says News Wings, Volume 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, and down at the bottom right corner of this book that I'm holding, it says Thomas B. Doe. So wow. this was his personal copy of those bound issues. I mean, that's really something else. Like I said, it it really does belong somewhere where people have more access to it. But certainly if you uh, scan it or take a picture of it and send it to me, I can put it on our website in our history uh, because that's where it belongs. It is part yeah. of the history. It's stuff that we don't know about until you read it to us. That's right. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Great, great thing to present. Don, back to you. Okay. Well, Dorothy, while we got you in the air, what's coming <laughs> up for Monday night, dear? Well, we have a nice episode that Neil has put together uh, for November 25th. It's called Once Upon a Long Time Ago, and we're all anxious to be able to hear that one. That's followed on our Thursday program, but this Thursday will be, uh, next Thursday will be Thanksgiving Day, so there will not be any airing of our program. We will come back to everyone again um, the second week after that. The following Monday as well, that's December 2nd, we will not have a broadcast because what we're doing is try to give a little bit of holiday time for our great hosts to use up with their family, and they deserve that. So uh, we have several programs that we have scheduled in the future. We're working on all of that, and we have them posted on our website every single day. We update it constantly, and folks, you need to go up on the website and utilize all the different information we have there as well as the areas to put photos, talk to other members that we have, through our little note that you can put on each and every item that you look up for any of the members. So be sure to check it all out. Back to you. You know, Dorothy, uh, about the website, uh, how do people go to the website? Is it hard to get there? No. All they have to do is put www.ealradioshow.com right in their browser It'll take them right to it, and each tab has a whole lineup of what you can see. All you uh, have to do is put your cursor on the top of it, and you'll see all the different ones and click on it. It takes you right in there, and then you can go back just by going to your browser and hitting the arrow. It'll take you back. So it's yeah. very easy to do that. Not a problem whatsoever. And if you look on the website on the front of it, it, too, gives you a lot of clues that you could click in and click out to get you to certain areas. So be sure to check it out. I'm sure you won't have a a hard time navigating the whole website. It's made for you, so you'll be able to go up there very easily without a lot of work involved. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Oh, we good, guys? Yeah. Okay, that's our show for this week, folks. Uh, we hope you're enjoying the artist we've been playing in the greatest recording artists during the Eastern Year series. We certainly enjoy spinning them on our Eastern turntable for you. 
Make sure you join us in two weeks, Thursday, when we select another singer. I believe it's going to be Garth Brooks with his songs along with a little Eastern sprinkled in. You know, keeping in touch with our Eastern family is, is the greatest importance to this radio show. And we look forward to every week sharing the memories, music, and the stories of our great airline to the whole world. Do you have a story, a memory you'd like to share with our Eastern family? Some of the stories that Neil reads from the Eastern Files were written by Eastern employees. Would you like to share? Would you like to, uh, to share some of your stories with us? We'd certainly like to hear from you. The Eastern Radio Show would like to broadcast it during one of our shows. Either you sharing your memory live during the broadcast or send it to us and we'll broadcast your story on the air. You can send your request to host at EALradioshow.com. You write that down, host at EALradioshow.com, and we'll tell you what you need to do to have it heard on the show. Okay, for now, this is Don Gagnon, and on behalf of our producer, Captain Neil Holland, and my lovely wife, Dorothy, uh, we would like to just take a moment to uh, to wish all of you a very, very happy uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, don't eat too much, and uh, we'll sign off by playing this beautiful song by Merle Haggard. Have a great Thanksgiving, folks, and so long, Eastern. We love you. So long, Eastern. We love you. Goodbye, Eastern. They're taking you away. Leaving me lonely Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight Don't leave me, I cry Don't take that airplane ride But you locked me out of your mind And left me standing here behind Silver wings Shining in the sunlight Roaring engines Headed somewhere in flight They're taking you away Leaving me long Silver wings Slowly fading out of Silver wings Slowly fading
You know, Dorothy and Don, I find myself singing that song all week long. I do, too. <laughs> and I do. also, I I've grown to love the song that we're going to play for our next Monday show, Once Upon a Long Time Ago. A great oh, song. Oh, so good. Thank you. We're so happy so, you found it because we love yeah. it. It's yeah. beautiful. It's well, right in there. I thought okay, I was well, <laughs> have a great uh, Thanksgiving, and we'll talk you to you, we'll we'll talk to you Monday. And we'll, see you, we'll see you Monday night on the show. Yes, All right, we'll, we'll see you. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Good show. A lot of fun.